The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Settle into your chair in the shed as Chris, Kelly, Bridget, and Joe have a casual conversation on gaming and learning the ropes in a new group. We hope the thoughts we share in our discussion help avoid awkward situations. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Shed for Adventures from The Shed. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Look us up on iTunes and on Facebook. We would like to see you there in either place. If you find us on iTunes, go ahead and give us a rating there because we'd love to hear from you. We are here today. We're going to have a special sidebar episode today where we're going to talk to our newest players about how the game's going so far. Speaking of newest players, we're going to go around the table starting with this person right here and say hi. Hi, my name is Kelly. There you go. I play Trillium, the mm-hmm. um, druid. Druid. And I am new here. She's pretty new here. Who else is over here? This is Chris. I'm not so new here. I've been here, what, was it like two years now? I'm not sure. It's, it's been, been like a little while. Years, it? Two year-ish, maybe. Double digits. Not really. I mean, you guest starred several times. Or yes. Or once but before, yeah. yeah. And then, last but not least, we have... Hi, I'm Bridget. I've been gaming for one month now. (laughs) (laughs) And loving it. And I am Joe. I am here as I have been, I guess, from the beginning. Uh, I guess (laughs) I'm the least new. Um, So what we're going to do today, we're going to take some time to talk with our new players. One of the things we've done in the past here on Adventures from the Shed, uh, in previous sidebars as well as during gameplay, is we try to give some advice on how to run the game, how to run the table, how to interact with the other humans that happen to be sitting around the table with you while you're playing these role-playing games. And today we're going to take some of that to heart, and we will talk amongst ourselves about how things are going, how the game's been working, and things that we may want to change, improve, uh, things that are going too well, maybe? (laughs) All right, maybe not. Uh, So part of what I'd like to do is put, of course, uh, Kelly and Bridget on the spot right away and say, how is it going? Whoever wants to go first, you can. But think of what we've done so far from the beginning of, uh, do you guys want to play in the group right up to character creation to, hey, we're actually in this world now and how's it going? Kelly will yawn. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry. I'm happy playing Dungeon World, so I'm glad we're doing that. Um, I do think the, the, the character creation is fairly straightforward and, and simple, and I appreciate that as being someone who does not like to have to do a whole lot of math during the game. <clears throat> it, like the you said, it's more, good at math. it's more story-based, which I like. Yeah. Um, the hard part is writing the story as you're playing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So when you say the character creation is simpler, what do you mean? If from your perspective, what does simpler mean? Um, well, you are given numbers and decide what you want instead of having to roll a character and yeah. um, come up with those numbers. Um, the The starter, the sheets that they give you to start with are explain a lot as you go and of course if we're going to talk about the game system which of course we are uh i will fanboy dungeon world again because that's <laughs> me and uh, j- just to let the listeners know that is the system we're talking about today at least when we're talking about the game we're playing and the characters we have it is the dungeon world game system mm-hmm. what else um it's uh it's it's been a combination of fun and awkward awkward uh, well, that sure. wasn't my word, but yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, where it's fun when we get rolling on something where we have a focused thing we need to do. Yeah. But then it gets awkward after we're like, okay, we did the thing. Now what now do we do? What? Yeah, I agree. Well, and sometimes it's like, it's kind of like a hesitant takeoff. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, at least the first like couple sessions. Yeah, we, the first two know. were... I think awkward. we were all kind of just trying to get to know where we all stand and who we all are and how do we know each other and, you know, all so that. So hit, hit me with what you think was a, one of the early awkward moments. Just the start of the game, you know, mm-hmm. just the initial, that very first session was, uh, 
you know, you're trying to figure out, well, who is my character? And then you're given a story and you're like, well, I don't really know who my character is and Mm -hmm. what she would say. And, you know, you're being asked, well, where does your character come from? I don't know. Hell, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm making this up. Like, I always found that, like, after the gameplay, then I started coming up with all these ideas, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, the same yeah. thing happened to you me. You know. We had, a, the, after the last session, we had a long conversation in the car, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I should have done this, and I should have done yeah. that, and what if I do this next time? And he's like, you should have come up with that during the game and i was yeah but i didn't know yeah yeah but but yes next time is fine too yeah Yeah. and i don't remember half of it now so right exactly it's been a a month yeah it has been almost a month since the last time we recorded yeah Um, but i agree with uh bridget about um the storytelling as well like i've never played um D D. my husband plays D D a lot or used to play D D a lot um and Compared to Dungeon World, it seems like D&D has a lot... It's more rule-heavy, yeah. more math, you yeah, know. Yeah, a lot more Dungeon math World, it's, it's fun because, yeah, you kind of... Everybody kind of works together to build this story. And, yeah, there's lulls. Yeah. But, you know, mm. you still kind of... You're all helping and contributing to this story. And, you know, that's fun. So, Chris, what do you think about Awkward Beginnings? Uh, well, how do you think that we started this, and is there anything you can think of, especially probably talking with Kelly about it, um, anything that you think we could have done differently? I, I don't think it was as awkward as they, maybe because it's a new thing for them. Yeah. Uh, I, for me, it wasn't as awkward, but I think Dungeon World, and depending how you play it, if you're really building your character, like building that story from scratch everybody, then it's a little bit harder to do, unless you already have something in mind of how, how your character is, like a little... Pre, you know, pre-gaming setup for your at least your character, and then it's a little bit easier. But there's always going to be that, especially if it's these characters do not know each other kind of thing. You know, then it's you're going to have that little awkwardness of like forcing the group to uh, get on the same page for the adventure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, that's, that's actually one thing, a good point of, of what Chris just said. There are typically two schools of thought when you're starting a game. You come up with your entire character concept before day one. Or, as we did, create everything on day one, which then, yes, it does put you in a little more of a time crunch if you're trying to think of everything you want to know about your character at that point. uh, To Kelly's point, you really start thinking about, to me at least, you'll really start thinking about the things that make your character once you actually take some actions with that character. Once that character gets involved in a couple of things and you determine how they're going to react, that helps you then go back and say, well... You know, if if I have this really brave character, then maybe that whole story I was thinking of about them being from a circus family or something is doesn't quite fit. Maybe they're more uh, more uh, like a heroic beginnings or something like that, um, and that can make a difference. So we we typically here because I think it, it's more entertaining. We try to make it up on the spot, and uh, I know sometimes that can be more of a struggle. Well, and I think for me. What contributes to what we're calling the awkwardness yeah. is Fuck, as fuckwardness. yeah the awkwardness yeah. <laughs> as like a new gamer I um, I'm often wondering well can I do that am I allowed to do that and with Dungeon World what we're playing now is there's really you can do anything yeah. and so I've got to kind of get out of my head about oh, am I allowed to do that? Because really there's not a rule that says I can't, so right. why am I saying can I? You know, so I think getting over that hurdle too of, it's you know, what one. I'm capable of doing or what my character is capable of doing, you know. And I guess sometimes I expect it to be like a starter set where there's a predetermined path that we're supposed to follow and looking to you and going, okay, what's next? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I don't know, what's next? Yeah. What do you want to do? You tell me. You tell yeah. me. So, yeah, it, that's, it's fun to be able to just say, we're going left instead of right, but sometimes we're like, tell us where to go. <laughs> so what other expectations or worries did you guys have about coming into a, a group of people that have been playing for like probably 20, you know, yeah, my, my it, time playing is probably 20, 30 years, and, and there might point, be breaks in between, but that's a lot of time in for gaming. You know, It is. 
before you started, you didn't know how forward it might be. Right. But you probably had some nervousness or trepidation, or for that matter, even just excitement about. Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah. What excitement or what? Yeah. Like where are like, you know the expectations? Whether they're excited expectations or like, oh man, I'm worried about doing this. Well, the, the new people thing, like Kelly and I hadn't met before. And remember, it's a general rule that nobody likes their own voice when they hear it back. So you can't be worried about that. <laughs> Oh, Except great. me. Oh, now I feel self-conscious. Except I'm the guy that likes his voice. Yeah. I like my voice better on recording. That's why I say it's a general rule. <coughs> Especially yeah. since Mike thought I was a black guy. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out yes. to Mike. Shout out to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, yeah, definitely for me was the fact I was going to be recorded and, yeah. you know, and I, I felt like gosh, I'm inexperienced, I'm being recorded, I'm going to be so boring because I'm not as creative as everybody else because they've been gaming and, you know, I'm just going to be the boring character with a terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I sound like a... As long as you don't sound like Lou Ferrigno or Mike Tyson, I mean, you're good. I was going to say, it's not a boring character. <laughs> My character, actually, I, I will say I, I've, I've done better than I thought I would. Um... So there's that, but uh, yeah, initially I, you know, I hate the way my voice sounds on the phone or, you know, answering machine, things like that. And so I was like, that that was a huge distraction at first, you know, just getting over that. Now Um, I do some of the audio magic to make your voices more full. I don't know if you, if you pay attention to that when you listen back to it. That's nice. Yeah. I I tried that because, you know, I want to make sure we have a good quality audio podcast. Oh, so special. Fancy. (laughs) But yeah, I, I think once we got over the initial awkwardness of new people, awkwardness. N- I'm not saying that word. <laughs> um, I find it very awkward that you won't say it. Uh, Stop trying to make awkward happen. <laughs> Hashtag awkward. That's the, yes. That's Hashtag awkward. Uh, that, that will be in the description yeah. right. of this. I'm gonna have to write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, just getting over the initial nerves and differences and adjustments and new people and did you feel like you weren't going to be as creative as the others because you didn't game in this realm before? yeah I, I it's it's kind of seems overwhelming to start with a blank canvas mm-hmm. like where he and i were talking about how dungeon world is you know a black and white drawing and we color it in we didn't even have the black and white drawing <laughs> To right. start from. So I was kind of like, uh, can we have some dots? Yeah. Or <laughs> something to make paint a dot numbers. to dot and yeah. Yeah, paint by number? Can we have what color <laughs> things we're going to use? Or or right. But I mentioned that earlier when her and I were talking. And I actually thought that was an interesting analogy where I normally use the coloring book and it's just kind of, we have yeah. the wireframe in there. And she was saying that kind of the way that we're building it from scratch is more like a dot to dot. Then I thought, you know, if it is, though, it's a random dot to dot. Yeah, like <laughs> it's a dot to dot. We moving. don't know yeah. what, the, what the dots are, which dots are supposed and to be. Because of the group of people we typically get together, regardless of which direction we go, we always end up with a dot-to-dot in the shape of a penis. Now, that was another thing. Like, yeah. um, when we first started, I was like, well, we are being recorded. So, like, what am I allowed to say? And <laughs> There's very little that is you there, say. The following is podcast to be a family-friendly, yeah. you know. Like, he puts the disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. So it's just stuff, really what it comes down to, and this is good advice for any table, you as a group will hit that moment where you say, all right, we crossed that line. And that's where you say, all right, now we know that line is, is there. And it turns out our line is really <laughs> far out there. You have there's a more lot of a curve. Of yeah. It's yeah. kind of a wavy line. Yeah. And um, and that's one thing to learn, and I think we, we're, we're getting there with, it, with but this what, group. You know what threw me so much is that when <laughs> when Kurt threw out her rack and then was like, no, 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 yeah. don't, don't say that, don't do that. And we're like, oh, no, we're, we've gone it's there. there. <laughs> yep. And I mentioned Facebook. We had a comment from one of our fans on Facebook that her rack, he could imagine her rack is quite impressive. <laughs> Quite. Yes. So, sure and I, I think, it. I don't think we were planning it for it to take that turn, but I just think that was a really fun turn that we yeah, took. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. And now I'm like more comfortable with, yeah, if we're going to be talking about her rack all the time. Right. And we all we, we have to do that. Jokes, yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's another good thing to know, especially with new people at the table, the comfort level. Yeah. Of uh, how far is too far, but not just that, is where can you sit in a nice comfortable zone? 
because there's no need to push it. Even though we have a line, there's no need to ride that line. We can just sit here comfortably making our immature, dumbass comments <laughs> for hours a day. We can do that, and that's something that I think should be true of just about every gaming table. Find your comfort zone, not just where your limits are, but find a comfort zone and play within that zone. Yeah. And I, I like to think that we achieve that a, a vast majority of the time here. Yeah, and um, just to throw out something positive, instead of talking about how awkward everything's been. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, in the past, I've, you know, Bridget and I are female, and, I understand that. So you said. Uh, <laughs> like, our listeners, I'm sure, can tell our voices. We are female. Um, so, for me, like, you know, I've gamed with, it, and it, it's mostly, primarily guys. Uh, and they um, love it when a girl shows up. And sometimes, when you, as a female, you get into a situation, you're, with, you're gaming with a bunch of guys, and, like... Sometimes it can go to where the guys are just, like, they're telling you how to play, oh, you know? Yeah. And, like, they kind of take over and say, well, you should do this. That or, you know, why don't you do this? Mansplaining. Mansplaining, you yes. Mansplained. And, like, that has not been the case with this group, and that's been awesome. Like, because even though I am, you know, like, in the beginning I was nervous and hesitant, Nobody jumped in and played my character for me, and that that's huge because then you know I'm able to develop my character. I'm able to, you yeah. know, think on my own about what I want to do, even though it may be awkward or yeah. you know slow or going. But well, and I think too he can joke and kind of sense when we're floundering, floundering <laughs> when we're stumped and say, yeah. well, what about this? And right, he'll ask right. us an open-ended question, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I, I have an idea. So, guys, listening, if you want female players, please do not mansplain. Yeah. It's, Quit it treating is not them like they're new, <laughs> no matter how new they are. Treat yeah. them like somebody who should be at the table. And, that, and that, I think, to me, that's a very big point. Mm, and for yeah. me, it's regardless of uh, male or female. I want to treat the person as they're here to play that thing and right. let them play it and encourage them to play it because otherwise it just gets frustrating and awkward or or awkward <laughs> yeah. yeah my thing is like whatever <sighs> attributes to the fun level you know yeah. just right. keep that going um so yeah guys be patient if a female is there to to play she's there to play and if if she's having trouble or you know going slow or whatever just be patient you know don't play her character for her yeah i'd like to think if the chick yeah. shows up at the table just to find out how cool i am I'll get a different vibe, right? <laughs> right? It isn't that she just wants me to sit there explaining everything to her all yeah, the time. Yeah. I'm sure of that, yeah. So I, I think I can handle that. And I, I, I do think it's, it can be tough for some guys to understand that just because I know everything that's on that sheet doesn't mean I have to tell it to you. Right. Because you can read, too. Exactly. Right? It's kind of important that you do read and that you learn it, and then you have more freedom when you play that character. Right, yeah. And that's another thing about starting from just starting from scratch with a new game and, and new sheets. It's, uh, I think we're probably halfway through the second session, and I went, oh, <laughs> there's another thing I, I yeah, hadn't read too. all my things. That happens and I was even like, with guys that oh, have played for a long time, gosh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just... I think we all kind of had that moment. Like, yeah, even like, Kurt oh, wait, was like, oh my gosh, that. my wolf could oh, do yeah. this. There's and that yeah. was just... Because yeah. you know yeah. your bread and butter moves, but then you're like, oh, wait a minute, there's a lot of the detail yeah. I forgot yeah. about. Yeah. That might only come up for specific scenarios and you forget about it. Until yeah. It happens. yeah. And let me, because we just mentioned that stuff, let me throw out there another thing that I was thinking earlier when you were saying about what can I and can I not do. And mm -hmm. specifically when it comes to Dungeon World, the only things that I would say to any character player... You should not be trying to do something that is a bread-and-butter move of another class. Yeah. So if you're the druid, then you're, you should not be trying to do the cold shot of the ranger. You should not be trying to set your hands on fire like the immolator. Mm. You should not be trying to heal people like the druid. Or right. not uh, like the cleric, cleric sorry. Right. You shouldn't be casting spells because, well, just because you could say it, that doesn't necessarily mean you should try it because that's the bread and butter of another class. Yeah. But when it comes to... Can I jump on top of the altar and do a flip and punch the guy in the face? The answer is yes, because nobody else 
does that as their bread and butter, their signature move. But now, do you think as the cleric, it's, I don't know, breaking the cleric to do take the, the wizard spell, the magic missile, or is that no, just... No, because it's part of what the cleric can do anyway, uh-huh. right? So casting a spell isn't unique to the cleric. The cleric spells are mostly unique to the cleric, although a wizard can pick up a cleric spell and a cleric can pick up a wizard spell. Okay. So there's some dabbling back and forth, but it's not like um, with the cleric you have, what is it, the, uh, uh, I'm looking at your sheet here quickly, a divine guidance. Um, a wizard isn't going to have divine guidance, and a cleric isn't going to be able to do rituals like a wizard can. Those are the only, to me, hard and fast rules. You can't take over another class, mainly because you're going with yours. Now, those open-ended things within the world, they are free to anybody. You just think, is it reasonable? Come up with the reasonable standard. Is it reasonable to think that my character would do this? Well, hell, I'll try it. But if it's something like, uh, I want to fly, it's not reasonable to think that the droid's going to fly without turning into something that flies. Right, right. Same with the cleric, um, and I don't see the cleric turning into something that flies. Uh, no. One thing <laughs> that not your cleric, not mine. One thing I noticed, um, like the last time we gamed, um, like when we first got started, like the first session, first couple of sessions, I felt like I had a lot of gameplay. Like yeah. my character was doing a lot. I I was you know exercising that muscle, yeah. and then like the last session or the last couple sessions I felt like I was pretty quiet like my character was pretty quiet and it was kind of explained to me like that sometimes happens where you know the story goes to a place where you know maybe the cleric you know is more involved because of just where the story's at and you know so I kind of had to learn that as well like yeah just you know where the story was going Spotlight my character shifts. wasn't really, especially with you the know, last, doing a whole lot. The last part of the story where we're in the city, or you're a druid, it's yeah, not your, not your yeah. you know, yeah. cup of tea, and it's her town. Kind of, she's more familiar with the place that she, her cultist place has there. So it's like, yeah, right. we're in Medical. her realm now, you know. So, so yeah, yeah it's things, interesting things how, yeah. like each session, cult, you kind of figure it's out a, a little bit more <laughs> about how the gameplay works, and you know that. Yeah. Not every session you're going to be the star of the show or saving the day or whatever. You yeah. know, it all kind of. Yeah, Dungeon out. World is kind of different in that you don't you kind of expect with other systems that you're going to have a turn every right little bit where yeah. like I was just sitting and watching you set stuff on fire and going uh huh <laughs> no right. I'm, I'm going to stand back right. and, and watch and see where this goes right and that it's it's weird because you feel like you should be doing something but yeah. it doesn't make sense in the story exactly that was my that's how like i was reflecting on it and i was like man i didn't really yeah i was telling him that too is that bad you know and yeah Yeah, it's almost like like, no it's it happens yeah it's almost like you know it's just like writing a song you're great you know do i want to play all the time like overplay no you just want to pick your spots where it makes sense for the song to like be good you know yeah Yeah. but as as someone who's more used to you know, tabletop gaming or, you know, different... Everybody gets a turn, right? Everybody gets a turn, and, you know, you have, like, equal amounts of, like, gameplay, I guess you could say. So this was a... This has been, like, a new way of looking at it, you know, like, it's not like that. Sometimes we just get to sit back and listen to the story. Right. Instead of writing it. Yeah. And one of the things I like to do is when when I'm playing the game, when I'm playing specifically Dungeon World, I'll refer to the gameplay as uh, a movie, uh, typically action or adventure movie. And the spotlight moves over here for now. Well, that's also true of scenes. So some scenes, like when we were talking about the alleyway, where the um, the immolator and the druid were at that back door of the alleyway, but at that time the, the ranger and the cleric were not. Well, at that point, it's a whole scene. And I usually will refer to when I'm talking about the scenes um, and the way the story goes, it's the Lord of the Rings movie. So at this point, we're just with Frodo and, and um, Samwise. Yeah. That, that's who's in the scene right now. So the others aren't out of the game. And as people, we still sit around the table and talk. Like, are you really sure you want to set that thing on fire? Are you really sure you want to do that? But right. the characters, at that point, they're in that scene. And you don't see the others. That, yeah. So the people can still react, but the characters typically don't. And that's where you can get into that mindset of, should my character be doing anything? And the answer might be no, 
But as a person, Kelly can still talk to Chris and say whatever you want. Right. And that's one of the nice things about in character, out of character, do whatever we like. Well, yeah, and it definitely, well, like Chris just said, you know, like, we're in the city, I'm a druid. And it's like, it kind of taught me something about my character. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I am a druid, and she probably doesn't feel like her full self in the city. You know, so it's like... You figure yourself out. You figure your character out, mm-hmm. you know, in those lulls or whatever. Yeah. Um, then the other part for me, when we talk about um, where your character might not be involved, but someone else has the spotlight, one thing I've done in past campaigns and will be doing here, too, is we'll tell the story from one character's perspective for a while. Yeah. So for a while, they, uh, we'll, I'll go back to one of the previous campaigns where we had what um, Mickey was playing, Nestleus, JJ was playing. I think it may have been Strong Dawn or... Calamte. Calamte and Shadra. And, and yeah, Kurt had and his Truk. character. And what Truk. we'll do is for, I don't know, three or four recording sessions, almost everything will be something from that character's backstory and their goals. Yep. And everyone else is along for the ride. That was kind of neat. Yeah. I really liked say, the I, way that you yeah. guys did that. Focused on the characters yeah. more so. And where I draw some of that inspiration from is another, you know, sci-fi fantasy thing, but Star Trek The Next Generation. If you ignore the first half of the first season, you go into the later episodes, mm-hmm. almost every episode is about a character development. It's not about the story, the plot, the stuff so much anymore. And there are some episodes where characters aren't even in the episode. And others where they play one role, they fix one thing on the ship yep. or something like that. And mm-hmm. that's the, the, where I get that inspiration from is it's the entire story moves forward based on your character for this gaming session. Yep. And everyone else is along for that ride, and that helps you to build on that character. And we explore more about why your character is doing what they're doing. The right. motivation is key to me because that helps to define the character themselves. Now, how do you manage if... Um Say there's a party of three, and we all want to do different things. I tell you, you can't. I just try and find a way to make it feel like you made that choice. Uh. <laughs> so basically, he's, short answer. he's railroading us, and yeah. we don't even know it. Now, what I will do, let's I'm use that kidding. example right here. Let's say we've got the three people around the table here, and I put you in front of a cave entrance. And unanimously, you decide... We're not going in the cave entrance. And I'm thinking, well, I have no idea what's, what's next. Um, and that's just a complete conflict between what, what I expected you to do and what you're actually doing, which is actually the normal. Oh, but yeah. when that happens, here's in my mind, and to your point of the word railroad, I find it so that the next place you go gives you a clue that what you needed was in the cave. Right. Right. And because that's where I want this to end up. <laughs> or... I completely change it because we play in this free open world in Dungeon World the way that I play the game. I'll make it so that maybe the cave isn't the important part anymore. You guys decided instead you wanted to go visit the old rundown um, shack uh, out in the woods or something like that because you heard about it. Well, for me, whatever the important thing was in the cave, I may just move it to the shack. Because <laughs> the important thing or is Or leave a counts. note in the shack that says... I'm at the cave. Check it out in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh. Hanging at the cave, be back in two yeah. hours. But my favorite part of the collaborative storytelling I like to do in our open sandbox world is when I have an idea, and I'll give you an example here. Before we started this game, I had four scenarios worked out. Small town, city, ruins, and forest. And I asked you guys before we started, which sounded good to you? So in the small town, I already had it written out. This is my skeleton of what was going to happen. There was a series of overnight thefts that had been occurring. There's a nearby Hobgoblin village. I guess technically you guys didn't know there was a village, but there is one. Now now you know. Spoiler alert. In conjunction with something else from farther away, and I put in parentheses near a city. Now we know that's Harak. Mm -hmm. And that's what was going on. So I knew that before we even started the game. But the rest of it, when somebody says... Um, at one point, there's, uh, we were talking in-game, and somebody said, it can't just be hobgoblins doing this. It's more organized than that. So then I decide, well, the, th- the people that they're working with, which I already had in my skeleton, has to be a lot smarter than hobgoblins. So I put something in my notes. So you guys helped me build that. Right. And then Bridget and I were talking earlier about um, she had this idea of getting into the upper city in Herak by saying there was a pregnancy and someone from her clinic should be attending as a midwife or something like that. And I, all I knew was 
there needs to be a way to get into the upper city. Someone else built that way for me. I didn't have to say, because this is pre-published, your only option is to talk to the city guard who actually has to put you in contact with a council person who will secretly let you in through the side door or something like that. And if that's published, then I've got to find a way to railroad you into it. But at that point, I don't have to railroad you because you came up with the idea yourself. But even if you're talking about your character does one thing, her character does another thing, my character does another thing, you can also do it like, all right, you have one action and one action. You, know, you can yeah. keep it moving like it switches scenes like you're watching a movie or a show where you keep the action going, but it's, it's short, very short. Like one action yeah. happens and you move to the next person. Everybody's, nobody's getting bored sitting there kind of like twiddling their thumbs, you know. But you'd rather, yes, you'd rather have everybody try to stay within some type of bounds yeah. or some type of... Where, if nothing else, the players can contribute to each other, if not the characters. Look at him. He's trying to make it sound like it's our decision. I know. Oh, I've done the same thing. Exactly. I I need them to kind of end here. I don't care how they get there. Yes. That end point needs to be met. I don't care if you're like this the whole time, up and down, curving all around. As long as you're in there, that's cool. (laughs) And no matter how many times you turn, you're still going to end there. Yeah, yeah. Because that's (laughs) where we're going. But it's like you said, if I had to move the location to something else, whatever. That yeah. same character is going to be hanging out or whatever yeah. group. You know. I, I, there was um, a game I played in years ago where at the end of that, um, the end of the encounter that we were in, the GM complained that we didn't hit any of the traps in the room because we were playing, at the time it was Dungeons and Dragons, 4th edition, we were playing grid-based. Uh, yeah. So we had the map out on the table with all the one-inch squares moving our figures from square to square, and... At the end, he was like, man, you guys didn't step on any of the traps. I wish you had stepped on any of the traps. And Chris and I have talked about this kind of thing before. <laughs> if you want a trap to go off, set the trap yeah. off. Yeah. Don't say it didn't happen because you didn't step on square H5, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still say you sunk my battleship even if you right. didn't. Uh, make it happen because it's way more fun that way. I would rather be able to say, yes, you guys found that note in the desk drawer because you went and looked in the desk drawer rather than where I thought it would be, which was the chest at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I say the note's in the chest at the foot of the bed and no one ever opens it, well, guess what? My note's useless. Yep. <laughs> I'd rather somebody say, you know what? We're going to search the, the, uh, the drawers in the, uh, the desk, and that's it. Well, okay then. I guess that's where you're finding the note because <laughs> the important part is you find the note. Yeah. Right. Not that you pick the right place to look for it, but that it's actually found. Right. And so I push for that kind of stuff. And hopefully, in my perspective at least, uh, that helps newer players so that you don't have to pick the right thing. You just have to pick anything. Yeah. And I know in a way, too, that um, I think JJ has said this to me before. He'd rather play with a menu that he can read from than to just be faced with a list of ingredients and have to pick dishes. And that's the way I play. You have everything. What do you want to make out of it? Right. And sometimes he said he'd rather see a menu and say, I want, you know, Parmesan French fries. I don't want to have to think, well, I want potatoes cut up. I want to put them in the fryer. And then when they're done, I want you to sprinkle them with this and that. And, yeah. Um, and, and I understand that. So I'm fine helping steer. But I, I like to play where it's open and you say, well, I don't know what I want to do next. Uh, how about this? Right. Well, and as a newbie, like that's been one of my biggest challenges is well what what can I do what what? what should I do and I think like I don't know coming here today like in my head I'm thinking I want to be more um I I guess like creative more I'm not gonna ask can I I'm just gonna so say, more, I'm yeah, gonna do it's this, better to just know? say just to do it and like just like oh you can't pull that that's right yeah. um yeah. legolas climbing up those steps when they're falling you can't be, come on that's yeah, crazy stuff that's just silly. <laughs> right and you know I, I talked to a friend of mine who you know he has played D and you know all the role-playing games and everything and he's like trust me the people around you probably would rather you do something crazy and bizarre because yes. it makes the game more interesting. It makes it more fun than to think, well, this makes sense and this is logical, so this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, you're gaming in a world that is not yeah. the world we live in, so why not do something yeah, that's exactly. you know crazy and yeah. whimsical or whatever? Um, so, yeah, in a way, it's it's good that you're kind of like, well, here's the ingredients yeah. versus here's the menu. It's easier you know? to make um, lasting memories from something unexpected than from the normal. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
The um, um, one of the examples I like to use when when we're playing even a D and D where it's more important. I, I like to say, pick the class you want to play. Don't worry about what everyone else is playing or even having a balanced party. Because that's one of the big things. People want a fighter, a uh, spellcaster, and some kind of utility class, essentially, to make yeah. up the party. Uh, plus a healer, of course. And I always found it's more exciting. because I remember one story from, from my own from a long time ago. was It was a lot more memorable to have a wizard and a fighter get through a locked door than to have a thief just walk up and pick the lock. Right. Because the wizard froze the lock and the fighter beat the crap out of it till it broke. And that, and that was something that I still remember, I don't know what it is, maybe 30 years later, than yeah. the thousands of times that a thief just walked up and picked the lock because they had a good roll. Because right. that's normal. Right. Right. When you come up with a creative way to get past a locked door, that's a memory rather yeah. than just a normal right. occurrence. Yep. Yeah, so it's, yeah, even though it's easier or more logical to do one thing, it's, you know, yeah, it's more fun to kind of think outside the box. Too. You could grab a bucket of water to put the fire out, or you could just start rain. Yeah. Because yeah. people will remember that you made it rain. Yeah. Right. Make it yeah. rain. Make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got, Bridget? You have other thoughts. I know you do. <sighs> yeah. Give it to us, girl. Well, it, it's just the... It, it's still getting used to the mentality of should I do it? Can I do it? Versus I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it, that's that's still where, where I am. Yeah. Well, and also, like... and I, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think for both of us, it's like... You're looking at this paper in front of you. All There's these a lot things of stuff do. on that paper. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is this is who I am. These are the numbers. These are the moves I can do. And then you've got Joe. All right, well, what are you guys, what are you going to do? And so do? you're like, and oh, I'm like, mm, um, let's uh, look down the menu. Oh, wait. Wait. Yeah. Oh, well, I can do anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, know, like, so it's like yeah. you're kind of overwhelmed with information and then asked to think creatively. So yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of what I mentioned about there's no wrong thing because you could even, you know, you want to, we want to be tactical. I want to be the tactical guy. And somebody does something like, oh my God, you're going to screw us. But that makes it more fun now. Yeah. Now we got to work with whatever, whatever they triggered, whatever it could be whatever very bad for the group. Is. Yeah. That makes the story more interesting. Then we mm-hmm. have to face whatever that kicks off, you know, as opposed to us being right all the time. We, we never get hurt. That's, that's boring. You know, you want con. It's funny because people have an issue with like violence, but people want conflict. Yes. They want adventure. Yeah. You know? Like if you take any t- any TV show, there's always something bad happening because you want that struggle. That's what's the heroes overcoming the struggle. You know, the horror movie genre yes, would not exist. They, there's tons <laughs> of things like the whole storytelling thing is always about that struggle and conflict, yeah. and that's what's more fun. Even if, so, if you make a bad decision, whether it's character or like yeah, it's cool. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's all good. What your bad decision gives everyone else a chance to shine. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or yep. even you to like you yeah. know resolve it later. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true, yeah. Definitely. And one of the the other things, as far as the Dungeon World system goes, the things that are on your character sheet are important to remember. But the basic moves sheet, and for that matter, the advanced moves on the flip side, those are all things that are triggered because of what you did in the world. So you're not necessarily, and it, I guess to me, I'll interrupt myself, it's hard to explain it this way, but the reality is your character's just going about in the world. And anytime there's a chance that what you're about to do could cause conflict or something of interest, that's when you roll. That's the very basics of the whole game. Now, the thing you're about to do, if it's specific to what your class is, it's on your class sheet. If it's not specific to your class, then it falls under the basic move or special move. So everything you want to do as you're walking through the entire world, anything you're doing that says, I might make a change to the world as is, if I do this thing, then it's going to be a move somewhere, whether it's on your character sheet, because as a druid, what you're about to do is, you know, turn into a pigeon and crap on the mare's head, right? <laughs> then that could make a change to the way the world is, even if it's a minor change. That's when a roll comes up, and that is your shape changing, and you, you have that move on your character sheet. If it's just, you know, I, I'm walking by and I see this fire and I want to jump into the fire to save the baby. Anyone can do that. Well... That's a defy danger move now. There's a danger there, and you need to defy that danger. Right. And that's when you're going to make a change to the world, so a roll's going to happen. That's the roll you're going to use. So it really is. You 
think of your characters, you're walking through the world the whole time, and I'll use the Lord of the Rings reference, when they're just trudging along with Gollum, just walking and walking, nothing happens. But when he's in the, the marshes, and he looks down and sees a dead body, well, now all of a sudden something can happen to change his story, and that a role's going to happen. He's defying a danger, and he happens to fail, and he falls right. in, right? Yeah. right? But then the next person comes along, they see that Frodo fell in, and he, they want to grab him and pull him out, so Gollum has to use his defy danger because he could drown, so now he's pulling him out of the water. And that's how it actually works. Right. The, the, that's how the system's designed. We're not saying, per se, that I'm just going to shapeshift. What you're saying is, I want to turn into a pigeon and mm-hmm. drop a, a deuce on the mare's head. <laughs> because but she should make that a thing yeah. now. Every time, mare gets yeah, Exactly. <laughs> the mare, no matter where we Who are. Who is the mare of Cereal. the rack? Cereal. Cereal. There isn't. They have a council in her act. So. you got to hit all of them yeah. now. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> 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 have to make enough. this happen. <laughs> oh, and and I'll, I'll, let me just take a step back here too to make a mention to. I, I had said there were several different things uh, as scenarios for when we started, and we picked small town. Well, all of the other ones are still true in this world. So Herak was already on my list. It was just named City when we started. So there's already something else going on in Herak that has nothing to do with what you guys have done already, mm. which you may experience soon. There was already a thing happening in the city that's big enough for me to have written it down. So that's something that I'm sure will come up as we're playing as well. The same will be true if you approach any ruins. There's an abandoned castle not too far away. That one has something happening. And then the forest nearby also has something happening. So there's all kinds of things that the world exists outside of just the player characters. And hopefully it's reflected when you return to a place and it's different from the last time you were there. Right. So the next time you go to Valshan, hopefully all the stuff that was stolen is back on people's you know, tables and, and um, the lamps are hanging up in the street and all that again instead of still sitting in the, the sheriff's office where you <laughs> left them. Right. The, the world evolves and changes while you go. And hopefully that helps with new players and that it's like the real world where things are still happening when you're not around. Hmm. Uh, familiarity i guess with with how the world works even though it's not quite the same as you pointed out earlier it's not the world we live in so why do we have to act like the world we live in right (laughs) Right. we'll still obey some of the fantasy rules of physics if nothing else yeah (laughs) chemistry though eh. yeah a lot of things could be bent really far (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have lots of changes there um so uh, what i'd like to hear if you have any more thoughts is in the early episodes, what were the things that you felt like you struggled with the most? I say early. Everything right up until now. What were things that you think you... you is situations where you think you, you struggled with your character that we might be able to help you? Because the next situation that comes up, what we say might help. It was just interesting being a character who has, had been secluded from other people and now trying to figure out how I how I'm going to fit in and work with these other people. Because as, as the character itself, she didn't have any, any network outside of her order. Her order. Which is not a cult. <laughs> not, totally a cult. A cult. <laughs> not a cult order. Cult. Um, so yeah, just, just literally being in a box and opening the box and going, okay, now what? Yeah, I always yeah. thought it was pretty impressive that you had... like. Your character has quite the backstory. Yeah, it seems like she really does. And like, I'm tempted to write it all out. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I really like when a player says, yeah, I think my character really does have backstory. Because <laughs> that's like, this is, there's a spark hit. Even though you haven't written it, it there, there's something there, and it makes you more invested in the character. I like to hear that. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's things you could base decisions that the character makes off that, you know, yeah. oh, they're this person because of you know, that backstory, so they, they do this. I was going to say one of the moments that I know captured everyone else's interest, too, and listening back to it, it was awesome when you decided that your guidance was going to be that you cut yourself and the blood went in the direction you should yeah, go. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, other people probably figured by now that you cut yourself, but to, that it was actually useful. But, I, yeah, I was <laughs> right? trying to Bonus. figure out how to stay true to my, what I imagined the character would do Yeah. without dismissing things that would be logical like you had said you know is this a logical thing to do no it's not really illogical but is it true to what the character would how they their motivation and and 
their line of thinking. It really makes the line, if it bleeds, it leads, come true. <gasps> That's an interesting one. <laughs> that should Not be the move, bad. if it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, Ooh, it yeah. leads. Yeah. <laughs> that good. puts a cleric in a whole new light, though, mm-hmm. which Bridget has put the cleric in our party in a whole new light. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I like that, I, I guess I took a cleric to a different place where I wouldn't have imagined a cleric. But that makes it really yeah. cool because people have this like, oh, they're this healer dude, happy healer guy. Do they have to be? Nope. Yeah, he could heal. No, they, I'm kind of dark. People. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but that's true though of like clerics, everybody's got that, you know. Yeah. It is, they work They work their their magic out in a different way, you know. Yeah, yeah. and the it idea... Makes it, it makes the it for a more interesting character. Of um, uh, suffering being important. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there is no healing without some form of suffering. Yeah. And so it it kind of makes sense that you would thrive off of suffering so that you could heal it. Yeah. It's creepy, but it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, but I didn't want her to be creepy. I wanted it to too be. Late. Well, <laughs> I, I still don't think it's creepy because, yeah. well, I guess as the character, the character yeah. doesn't think that's creepy. They think it's completely normal and right. and honorable. Even that's exactly how it should be because, like, even the bad guys. They're the hero of their stories. Yeah. They're not right. bad guys, so it totally makes like, sense. No, she's totally convinced that she's doing yeah the right thing. Her her right. goddess's work, like she's she's doing great, even though it's creeping everybody else out. <laughs> Except when it worked, and yeah, you're that like, was, hey, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> that is the coolest. Did you cut yourself thing. again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what's been driving your your character? I don't know. You're not sure. Um, yet? And that, that's why I mentioned Bridget. Like, I, th- I think it's pretty impressive that even, like, the first couple sessions, like, she had a great background story and, yeah. you know, where her character came from. And it's, I mean, she's been playing off of that, you know, pretty much the whole And I literally time. had no preconception of what yeah. it was going to be before we sat down. So that's, like, she's my polar opposite because I'm, like, <laughs> just kind of rolling with the it as it, it goes. Yeah. And I don't really Whichever know way, where Trillium came from. and <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of do, but not a detailed story. Um, and, and I think it, it really does kind of build as you go. Yeah. And you start yeah. thinking, would I do A or B? Well, given this history or given this this frame of reference, mm-hmm. what not, not just what's more logical, but what would be more of their nature to do. Right. And, and as you do that, then you're like, okay, you don't just have A and B for history. You have C, D, and E. Right. That now you can go back and do other different things. Right. And I think, like, the first couple sessions, we were still, um, you know, in my territory. Like, we were yeah. in the forest. Yeah. We were just, you know, we were just outside the small town. Mm-hmm. And... Now we're in the city, we're in Harak, and I'm kind of like, what am I doing here? Because in the forest, it was more like, this is my space, this is my domain, I want these things out. And so I've kind of decided to go along this little adventure, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm still around. But there are things that you've established that you could take forward in some ways. Is one example of, um, you knew there was this plant that kept hobgoblins away, or at least they didn't like it, and you could use that. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, that means there's there, that there's extra things that your druid knows about plant life that maybe mm-hmm. a normal druid may or may, or may not. Mm-hmm. So if something's happening in the city, and you think there's a certain herb or plant or something that could help with that, mm-hmm. you could just say, I know it's not growing here, but somebody here has to sell that. We're going to look for XYZ plant. And... Because you know that this helps in this situation. Right. Now the trick is, in the city, how do you find it? Where's the herbalist? What okay. shop? Is it a florist because it's a flower, right? Right. And, and that could be something you take forward because you, you spoke that at the time. It was with complete authority. There's this plant that grows in this certain spot, and I know where it is. And we yeah, can I thought that was neat that town. you came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that means something I think like from me, the character. Like me personally, that's... Yeah. I, I'm interested in the outdoors and nature and you know so as again like as a person in real life and as like the trillium character being in this city i'm out of my element (laughs) so yeah i guess this next um couple of sessions i'll have to 
you know, explore that. One thing that. that people in cities like is taking nature and putting it in their homes and their shops. This so is you true. definitely can find just about anything you could find in nature and maybe, in the city. Maybe the infirmary needs some supplies, some herbal supplies. That's true. You mean the, the cult? apothecary? Like what? The cult? No, the, the, infirmary? the infirmary. Isn't it the same thing? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the clinic. <laughs> the clinic. Uh, I've decided to call it the infirmary because yeah. I don't think clinic is yeah. very old timey. Yeah. yeah. Sounds clinic sounds was, very. Sterile. It sounds so sterile modern. and modern. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was. I was racking my brain all morning. Like I, I got to come up with some different name for it because I don't like it being called clinic. Yeah, it's a good point. We but still need a name for the whole place, but yeah. And, and yeah. that's another thing. As new players, when I'm asking you to come up with names, I know it puts you right on the spot. Yeah, uh, but it's okay to come up with it later. Yes. It's like brain froze. It's, it's also fine to come up with, um, as Bridget has done, come up with the words that are right on the sheet. At the top of the character sheet, oh, right, yeah. there are all these names that you can oh, use yeah. for your character. Well, you can use those for anything. Yeah, that's been a great uh, resource. I think I've named everything that I've named off of that sheet. And one of the yeah. things I like to do as well is if you're faced with a list of names and you're deciding you don't like any of them, take the first syllable from one, <laughs> the second syllable from another, the yep. third syllable from another, kind of start mashing them together. It allows you to start thinking of weird names, weird uh um, concoctions of letters and then we can just use them heck you can come up with one that's all vowels or all consonants and we can find a stupid way to say it and now all of a sudden that's a name of something right. it's a town it's a right. you know it's a, it's a shop it's whatever and it's perfectly fine because that's the way the real world works for us too you go look at a place and it's spelled completely different from it the way it's said. Oh, yeah like um worcester like chickapee <laughs> chickapee <laughs> Um, there are so many places that are spelled oddly or have names that have nothing to do with the area they're in. They just were named that way 200 years ago, something like that. Right. So we can do any of that stuff now. It is putting you on the spot, yes, but to be frank, it's either me or you on the spot, and I might as well try you. (laughs) And then if you don't have something, I'll do it. (laughs) I was pretty impressed with Kurt. Coming with coming up with Harak right on the spot. Like uh, that. Not knowing, no. we like, like, heard, yeah, I just I, lo- I loved his to... backpedal. Oh no, what did I say? <laughs> I figured it was already on his mind. I so did I. Seriously, <laughs> like we, I totally yeah. thought that was that was a, a classic Kurt yeah. name, and then he's like, no, yeah. no, no, we can change it. <laughs> I figured he was already looking up boots on his laptop. He yeah. could have been. He might have been. <laughs> so this, the, the city is named Harak, and the city next door is named German Dungeon Porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kurt, you were on the wrong tab of your browser. <laughs> change it. <laughs> and, and another thing I like to do is NPCs get one name. We almost always have a single name NPC. No first name, no last name. Uh, just one name because it's so much easier to remember them uh, for me. And that's a less, one less word that I have to remember. Right. And when I put my notes down, it's like that. I'll, I'll pretty much never refer to your characters with a last name if you have it. If you bring that up, let's say you have a character with a first and last name, and the last name is important because it has family history, there's something there, then that's fine. Let's do it because we'll put that into the story. That's important. But otherwise, it's one name. Like the sheriff, um, I gave him two names because I said his name was Philip first. But then it was Philip what? And it was Philip Almiholes. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and then hopefully we left that last name in the dust somewhere. <laughs> no, I have it written. Yeah. Plus it, it just made typed. recording yeah. just now. So. And Al- again. Almiholes. Now it's again. And that part is fun, to me at least, because it becomes a memorable character because of a stupid name that we oh, equal at. Because yeah. we're all nice and mature at yeah. our tables. <laughs> um, and, but as things go up... Uh, for discussion, as we're talking uh, around the table, I start making notes as well. So there was somebody had mentioned, I, I don't know who it was, I didn't uh, write down who said it, but another town nearby was Toad Falls. And somebody said that that was just mm-hmm. the name of a town nearby. So that's there now, that exists so at some yeah. point. We'll either visit or there will be news about Toad Falls. That's the kind of thing that I keep the notes on. That's why I keep this iPad in front of me so I can type up notes. But anybody who keeps notes... Those are the people typically, like Chris and Kurt, that end up doing recaps of sessions. Yeah. So if you never want to do a recap, don't keep notes. Yeah. Right. I just make maps. You make the map. That's, pretty pretty nice that's map, another actually. good thing for the table. 
That's something I encourage I'm anybody have to, to redo do. that. Very encouraged that a new player just did it because nobody had to be asked. Yeah. I'm a visual person in an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yeah. I need some that. pictures. It helps tell the story, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. It does, because now at least we have consistency when we, we refer back to mm. certain things. Yeah. When we say, um, Harak looks like this, right? Uh, as he holds yeah. out two open hands. Huge tracts of land. Huge tracts of land. Um, but we now have Bridget's paper, which, th- this is the interesting part um, from what I was saying earlier. That is not how I had pictured it, but that is now how it is. It's that simple because everyone has seen it. I don't need to try and shoehorn my idea onto the table because we have an idea that everyone else has seen. This is, the, for me, the way to do it. It's not a pre-published adventure, so I didn't have to put out a map of a city. We now have an overview of a city, which looks like a, a donut with an amoeba in the middle. Uh, that'd be a paramecium amoeba. That's an amoeba. It's an amoeba. Mm. It's a multi-celled amoeba. <laughs> pretty but big. Um, that helps us because now we have that around the table. And again, anybody doing that is great. It's awesome that somebody new to the table at the first opportunity, drew out a map and showed it to everybody. This is how I think it looks. Definitely worth doing. Appreciate it. Well, golf yeah. for you. Aww. Well done. <laughs> and you already do, drew a legend for it. Well, yeah, that's I awesome, mean, too. Yeah. yeah. That's just me. <laughs> that, that's, I, I, if I can't, I need a box. I need a picture. I need a box. Yeah. I need to have things organized and logical. And if this is the only way I can make things logical in the illogical game yeah then uh cool that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> i'll be the cartographer so now we're gonna come up towards the end of this sidebar podcast where we are communicating with our players at the table as well as specifically with our new players seeing what they thought things that we could do differently what what uh parting thoughts might y'all have hmm. I, I, I do think it's going to be more fun and more interesting and more memorable the the longer we go the further we get into it that's what she said yep <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody could see you flipping me no out. that's yeah. fine <laughs> at least you knew it was just for you it's it just for you and now you've shared it with I the world shared it with everybody yeah i think i agree with bridget it's just a matter of like working the muscle you know thinking up. differently yeah speaking of having the muscle memory for it chris what do you think for me, I mean, I always want to know what the new, like, the new people think. Like, do you have, like, uh, I guess, like, a wish list of, you, of either for the game or the characters or the world we're building? Like, something you'd like to see. Or something you'd like to, to have me do more of. Like one of the things right. that I think came up earlier was um, I can lead more. Rather than if you're in a spot where you're like, I don't know what to do. I can just say, well... The guy, there's a guy walking by in the street, and he mentioned something about you know the the were rats in the sewer. <laughs> like, well, poof, now there's something to do. Yeah. And, and I think with with us being newer, we might need that more now yeah. to start, and then maybe not so much once we get yeah. really into an action scene or whatever. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's the it's the lulls in between the action scenes where we're kind of like, eh, do we go left? Do we go right? Do yeah. we climb a wall? Do we yes. stand here and stare at each other? <laughs> yeah, All so it, it would definitely, yeah, like do. little prompts, yeah. maybe, yeah. here and there. Like, hint, hint. Um, nudge, nudge, say no more. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the little guy, little nudge, character walking around has a little star over yeah. his head, and we need to, we need to talk to him. <laughs> like we did with the starter set. We yes. turned it into kind of the MMO. The quest log. <laughs> yeah, this guy has an orange question mark over his yeah, head. That yeah, yeah. means he has something for you. <laughs> but we, and I have no problem doing something like that. As long as when we learn the thing, you guys remember, you have to take some initiative on how to, how to approach it. What are the next steps? Yeah. But I have no problem with prompting for quests and stuff. That just means I have to make some more stuff up rather than waiting for you guys to do it. <laughs> and I think that's also just like a beginner's yeah. issue. It's probably and just us. You yeah. know, it'll probably be something that yeah. as we continue and get, you know, used to getting in the mindset, it'll you know, dissolve. Mm -hmm. Because in reality, you both have done what I would just want you to do more often. And that's like I was saying to Kelly earlier, you went and said, there's this plant that we need. Um, Bridget mentioned how um, uh, her cult runs a clinic, like not a cult, runs a clinic 
Well, poof, those things, those things are now part of our world. They're yeah. in our story. And you did it possibly without thinking or with thinking, but not knowing the, the consequences or ramifications that are all good. Those are all good like, results. Ultimately, it. it boils down to just like settling into your character, mm. no matter where you are, no matter who you're with. And getting to that place is a challenge, you know, like settling into your character and kind of knowing who your character is. It's for me, it's been a process, you mm. know, and it definitely has. Yeah. And like just playing more. Figuring out the motivations. Yeah. Like, it'll, why am I doing this? You know, what would I want to do? Yeah. Instead of what does Bridget want to do? Right. This is where <laughs> creating that backstory kind of will force yeah. that motivation a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's a really good thought to end the sidebar podcast on. That's a really good one. So we can all wrap this up and we can say bye. bye. Adios. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.